Hi, y'all. This is Kristen Chenoweth. Hi, I'm Gloria Stefan. This is Sarah Bareilles. Hi, I'm Patty Lapone. This is Lynn Manuel Miranda. You're listening to the Broadway Podcast Network. Hi, John Schwab here from Curtain Call, and welcome to episode 68 of the Curtain Call Theater Podcast, the podcast that brings you backstage as close as you possibly can be, often while the shows are actually happening, to meet the people that make theater happen. If you are a theater professional or you know any, make sure you or they go to CurtainCallOnline.com and sign up for a free theater professional profile. It's simple. Just go to CurtainCallOnline.com. Put in your email address and create a password, and off you go. And uh, I do have to apologize because we haven't had a podcast for the last couple of weeks, but that's because we've been launching our new site. Uh, we are launching loads of new functions and um, that give the theater professional tools that make their lives easier uh, as they go about being a theater professional. If you'd like to take full advantage of what Curtain Call has to offer, we launch our jobs section this week. It is so exciting. Um, we've spent the last six months developing the site and we've launched with a tons of new functions like i mentioned before they're going to roll out over the next couple weeks but jobs are going live so to take advantage of this function and loads of others just sign up for a pro account go over to curtaincallonline.com and sign up today but that's enough for me um how about this week's podcast we have seen uh, a multitude of recent examples of high profile actresses making acceptance speeches at award nights uh, you know speaking out about the unequal representation of actresses on stage and screen recently. Um, kicking off with uh, Denise Goff at the 2017 Olivier Awards, and, and actually Jimmy Nesbitt, actor, uh, at the BAFTA TV Awards, and um, continuing uh, to the trend as witnessed by uh, Deirdre Mullins' speech after picking up a Best Actress in Film Award at the Scottish BAFTAs. They've all been brilliant, powerful, evocative speeches, and... Um, the movement is still growing strong. And I had the opportunity to sit down at the National Theatre a couple weeks ago, uh, who have just announced themselves that there will be equal representation on stage, the gender balance by 2021, which is, which is great. Um, I sat down with two equal representation for actresses members, advocates and campaigners, Polly Kemp and Jenny Matthews. Um, having met Jenny at a Monobox event, and you'll hear me talking about Monobox a lot in the future, and I think I have in the past. Well, Jenny reached out to me about the possibility of doing this podcast, which I absolutely jumped at. Um, we at Curtain Call believe wholeheartedly in the aims of ERA 5050 and are partnering with them to ensure that our shared values can reach the most number of people possible, giving it the greatest outreach that we can. Um, these two incredible actresses and I spoke for nearly an hour but don't worry this is an edited version hopefully it will uh, fit into your commute but I think you will agree that their story and vision is truly truly inspiring and this is a movement that you should and I know you will get behind so listen that's enough of me talking um, have a listen So I'm Polly Kemp, and I am an actress of almost 30 years now, and um, I'm also co-founder of um, uh, a grassroots activist movement called Equal Representation for Actresses. Okay. That starts, or do you want more? Brilliant. At this point. That's great. This is a load more. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, we'll get there, definitely. Yeah. And I'm Jenny Matthews. Um, I am also an actress. I have 
I'm quite new. I'm a bit of a newbie yeah. to the industry. I also run a film production company as well. I've started doing some of my own shorts. Very nice. And I'm also a committee member yeah. of Equal Representation for Actresses. Great stuff. Um, so if I can start with just so people get a background about what you do. So you, mm-hmm. you, you said you're actually yeah. 30 years. I mean, yeah. um, because this will all inform, I think, people um, hearing why you started yeah, ERA yeah. and, and, and um, you know, how did you get in the business? How's it been for you? And yeah, yeah. You know, you've got quite a lot of experience. And we'll start with you, Polly, about what... Um, I suppose I became an actress because there was no place for me in my school. Mm. I'd, I'd, I'd moved from Liverpool to the north mm. and um, I felt like an outsider and there was, I didn't really fit in. Apart from weirdly, you know, showing off on stage. So it, I, I don't remember the moment, although I loved black and white movies. I used to love the in the summer holidays when they used to do those seasons of films, Shirley mm. Temple films, or they do, mm. you know, Elvis films, or they do Bette Davis films, or, you know, I loved all of those. So, you know, I was, I was, it, I don't remember that particular moment. It just was an evolution. Um, and then I went, I came to London and I worked in London as a nanny um, and I auditioned for drama school mm. and I got a place at the Drama Centre London. Nice. And I think probably in a sense that might be where my sort of consciousness of my lack of importance mm-hmm. within mm-hmm. the industry mm-hmm. because it was a very male-dominated drama school and um, when in my second year... Um, I was told um, halfway through my second year, and it wasn't anything to do with my acting ability. Yeah. I was told that I wouldn't have a place in the third year unless I lost weight. So I went from 11 and a half stone to, at my latest, just two pounds under seven stone. Oh, my Lord. And it was really quick. <laughs> and and in fe- instead of anybody caring for that, yeah. Just, yeah. they were telling me how brilliant I was. The ballet teacher um, congratulated me in front of the class because she could now see my ribs. And I got, I did get a great part in the third year. In mm. my first term, I got a great part, which actually I wasn't terribly good at. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, you know, but this, this idea of me having to adjust myself, bend myself out of shape to suit something that wasn't necessarily me. I'm not saying that is everybody's experience, yeah. but that's where I feel like, for me, this sense of unfairness sort of was, yeah. that was sown. I was really lucky because I then I, I left drum school with an agent. I was one of the few women that left mm-hmm. with an agent, and I my first job was at the RSC, and I went there for three years, and I had a great line of parts. Um, but I did notice that women predominantly um, sort of occupied the support roles, so mm-hmm. dresses, yeah. wardrobe. Yeah wigs admin yeah. uh, and maybe maybe the odd S stage manager maybe and, but, and ASMs but as you went up it was mostly men yeah. mm-hmm. the shows obviously because the house writer is a man and they are you know to do with the time that they were written they're mm-hmm. particularly male dominated yeah. obviously there wasn't much there was no cross casting then so clearly there weren't opportunities there there was new writing and at the very end of my sort of three-year stint there, there was a really beautiful play um, by Peter Wheeling called The Bright and Bold Design, which they had commissioned and was put on, and it, and, it, and it featured most of the young women from the company, and it was our first chance to really get to do something really wonderful. 
and it was programmed for 24 shows or something. And I remember going up to management and saying, you know, is there any way that this could go back to Stratford? Mm. But I was young and I probably didn't do it in a very effective way and probably it came from a place of being a bit chippy rather than being sort of articulate. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I just, and, and, and it fell on. Right. Stony Ground, of course, I didn't understand about programming, that you can't do that. You know, there was, there was a whole heap of stuff I didn't yeah. understand, but, you know... But you brought it up. You felt yeah. like you had to say something. Or... I think it's just about being conscious that this... Uh, you know that my male contemporaries were having more opportunities to really shine and fly and have fun, mm-hmm. and those opportunities were less for me. Yeah, can I can I take you? So I just want to because you do have the you know the the career and the, the longevity. You've been an actress for that long, but you also when we were pre-record. We talked about your you were involved in casting as well. Yeah. yeah. So that must have given you a. Um, an insight like so in, in the last how many ever years whatever you kind of I don't want you to talk about 50-50 yet because I'm getting mm-hmm. Jennifer to tell me about where sure. she's coming but you know so that the experience of you casting was that an easy jump to go from actress to casting and then to where you are now or is it just something you fell into um, I sort of fell into it yep. um, uh, Nina Gold who's Love you all Nina. know yes. fabulous casting director Love her thank you Nina <laughs> <laughs> uh, had, um, I had we, was, we sort of knew each other because her partner slash husband slash yeah. what, father of her children, yeah. as brother, was. we were at drama school together, okay. and so I sort of knew her, and then she cast me in a couple of really sweet commercials back mm-hmm. in the day when you used to make sweet money mm-hmm. from a commercial. Yes, I remember those days. Yeah. And then one time I rang her about a fringe show that I was doing. I've never been very good at um, self self-promotion and I rang her up because the other people in the cast wanted me to ring her up and get her to the show Uh, and I found myself talking about everything else other than that and was saying oh yes I've I've learned how to use computers and now I know how to touch type (laughs) and instead of coming to see the show she said why don't you if you're not working do you want to come and work in the office and so I started working in the office and I started taking sessions and then Hmm people who knew Nina, like Sasha Robertson yeah. or uh, other assistants of hers, Rosalie Clayton or yeah. Carmel Cochran or, you know, would give me a job. Oh, and nice. I, so I would, I used to take casting sessions for adverts. Yeah. And there's quite, there's quite a few of us that did it. Um, uh, but it was, it was great. You know, I, I got to sit in the room for some really interesting mm. film projects. Mm. And uh, I don't, I don't think actually in terms of Politically, the fifty-fifty. Mm. I think that sort of went from my consciousness. What yeah. I was really aware of was um, the difference between, you know, people who came into the room yeah. with the, uh, you know, they come in smelling nice, yeah. looking great, with a yeah. kind of confidence that yeah. you knew that that they'd get a job. You know, I, I, I learned yeah. to identify people who were clearly struggling, yeah. and yeah. you know, the effect that that yeah. might have on their ability to get a job. So I think purely from the <laughs> From the view of observing, yeah. and that's like a whole other drama school that you went to. Then, <laughs> yeah, yes. yeah, yeah. Jennifer, yes. bring you in here. Like, mm-hmm. so you, 
I mean, a, a, yeah. little, a, a little while. But, yeah. um, I, I know how active you are in curricular, extracurricular kind of um, yeah. movements or, or things that are happening. So where, what has been your journey to where you are today? You're, you're an actress. I know that you've done some work or studying in New York as well. As yep. you. So t- 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 take me through. So, so I'd like to arrive at the point of where we're sitting down at the table okay. and then go from there uh, in a minute. Yeah. <laughs> no, um, well, I'm also from the north. I don't know if you can tell my <laughs> accent. Um, so I was always that kid that couldn't stand things that weren't fair. You yeah. know, like in primary yeah. school, I started a massive petition because the girls weren't allowed to wear skirt, uh, uh, trousers. Yeah. And my mum had to go in and had to go to the head teacher and I was like, I want to wear trousers. I don't get why I can't wear trousers. And I've always been that person. And again, it's labelled me as the difficult person yeah. or the person who won't shut up. If they... And I've always just thought, well, that's not who I am. I'm not a mm. difficult person. I just think fair's fair is yeah. fair. Yeah, I agree. Um, so I very, very, very working class rugby northern town where mm-hmm. actually there's a lot of creative people from yeah. my town. Yeah. <laughs> um, but it was never an option. That was not right. Like, it wasn't what you did. No, like I would lie to my friends if I was in a play. Like no one knew I would do that stuff at all. Uh, and I'm a singer, so I used to do a lot of singing gigs, and people would be like, "Where are you going? Why aren't you coming out?" And I'd be like, "Oh, I can't. I'm not well," um, because it's just not what you do. Mm-hmm. So then I got on. So drama school was never in my head. Like I didn't really know there were drama schools, to be perfectly honest. Um, so I came to London with my boyfriend, who got a job down here. That's mm-hmm. the only reason I'm here uh, to start with. And I thought, oh, maybe I could go to university through clearing. Mm-hmm. So I went and did theatre studies at university. And in the first year, I thought, actually, I'm quite, quite like, I don't like being told that this is who I am or this is what I can achieve. So I set up a theatre company or a female theatre company. And I just consistently got told that, oh, you're feminist. Oh, this is what it is. And I just remember thinking, but I'm also human as well, and I'm this, and... So we did a lot of day. I did about thirty different fringe plays with them, producing them, directing them, as well as being in them, writing a couple of little things, and um, I just was like, "There's got to be more than someone telling me I have to be a certain way." But you know, everybody gets their thing, mm-hmm. don't they? I'm a regional scrappy part. That's what I get given. <laughs> do you know what I mean? And as much as yes, we talked about this the other night yeah. about what you, your box is. Yeah, my you? box, and and I. It's not that I love being from where I'm from and but I'm also an actor and that's yeah. what the job is and yeah. I can do other things and and you know Maxine Peake from playing Hamlet for me I was like yes like whether you like her or that performance or whatever like that is just that to me I was like yeah okay there has to be something done about this and then I read Lucy Kerbel's book mm-hmm. that all change please mm-hmm. and she used a analogy about the 5p plastic mm-hmm. tax back you know the tax and I was like I don't know something just clicked and I thought actually yeah you don't have to because I'd be sitting there thinking how can I take over the world like oh my god and it would be overwhelming and then I just thought you can just do something little and then mm-hmm. that little will get bigger and then that will get bigger and someone else can do something little and yeah, yeah. So then I found out about ERA because at the Monobox, which is yeah. where we met, um, at one of our Q&As, Dee Mullins, Deidre yeah. Mullins, another fantastic actress, mm-hmm. part of the campaign, came and talked to me about it. And I was like, oh, how can I help? What can I do? I'll do the admin. What do you want me to do? Yeah. <laughs> and I came to so she brought me to a meeting because um, she's a friend of a friend anyway, yeah. which isn't everybody in the industry. Yeah. Yeah. And um, 
I just from there I've just like <laughs> become invaluable. I just can't, I just <laughs> it's what you it's it what just, you've done. Yeah, it's, I just have all of this like so and then I'm here because yeah. you, fantastic man, came to the Monobox and was, and I was like, please let's yeah. do something. Yeah, I think yeah. I think it's great. Um, you know, well. I'd really love to know, like, what spurred you on to kind of mm-hmm. go right. Here is the moment. You know, mm-hmm. we, we can do the, mo- the, the the moment to start the movement has to start yeah. like today, and this is what it's going to be. ERA, it's going to be fifty fifty. You know, yeah. wh- you know, when was that that little spark that I know you talked about the sparks that you've had throughout your career, but when was the moment you went right? Now we're doing yeah. this. Yeah, it was it was at a very clear point in time. Oh, good. There was um. So there was um, in 2000, late 2015, there was um, the Gina Davis report, Gender Bias Without Borders, came out, which was um, research on 700 films across 11 countries. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then Eva Wiseman did an article um, entitled something like, There are women everywhere, but why can't I see them in films? Mm-hmm. Uh, Waking the Feminist <laughs> Movement kicked off in Dublin when they announced the you know, Voice of the Nation, I think it was called, or something, and they... And the Abbey Theatre, they it was all men. Cele- it was all male writers celebrating the Irish literary history, yeah. and there was two women. Um, and um, at the same time, Suffragette came out, mm-hmm. and there was something about that film coming out, talking about hundred years of suffrage. And but at the same time, there was all this information coming out that actually, even though we it took, you know, that we had the vote and we had this massive fight. We mm. still didn't occupy the kind of space that we should yeah. in film, yep. theatre, and television. Mm-hmm. Uh, so Elizabeth Barrington, who is the other co-founder, was furious, mm. and she sent a text out to all her um, contacts, and that text then um, got uh, forwarded to their contacts, and that's where I was. I managed to pick it up and I think at that moment for me it was like you know I'm middle-aged so work is drying up I do you know I do I still work I still you know do jobs it's but they're getting smaller and smaller and it's getting harder and harder Mm -hmm. um so I contacted Lizzie and said um I will do this with you um and you know I'll 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 sort of do organizational stuff because she's got, you know, higher profile than me. You can mm-hmm. get the contacts. I'll do the background. Yeah. And we met up in a cafe in East Dulwich, and 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 that was the moment really where it was formed. Yeah. And then we had uh, an initial meeting in London in Soho Theatre, where a lot of people who were in that email chain came along, and you know, Olivia came. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Uh, you know, Sarah Hadland, Felicity Montague, Denise Kane, mm-hmm. Denise Goff, um, you know, so, and, and lots of younger actresses, yeah. lots of actresses who were on the telly a lot in the 90s but just disappeared. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, and um, we took that as a mandate really to push forward. You know, the statistics, just to clarify the statistics, you know, what Gina Davis found was that it is between two to one or three to one men for every one female. Mm, yeah. That um, in films, yeah. as an average, right. in crowd scenes, women occupy 17%. And we were really concerned that, you know, that what does this, what's the societal message of this? You know, women watching films, seeing themselves occupying the tiniest mm. of spaces, you know, 
feeling that they lack agency mm. on screen, you know, what was the effects of that when you go out into the world? And I, you know, certainly recently it's become really clear actually how that power dynamic mm. has been operating in our industry. And yeah. I think, I personally think there is uh, definitely a connection between. Um, the type of stories that are told about women and the type of roles that they play and the fact that we're not there in numbers with agency that it's very easy to think to objectify us or to push us away or exclude us Uh, so we were you know it's taken us two years to get to the point where we are becoming I think very coherent and very clear it's been a long process uh, an evolution of trying to understand where the problem lies so initially it was about well we're not on stage and we're not on screen so just put us there and we came across a tool that would just you know you would gender flip and you would just put us in the story yeah Yeah, which is fantastic everyone should definitely read about what Naropa is and maybe you could put a link yeah I've got got, I'm writing that down my little and I think Lucy Kerbal has got also um, has what you know she's just incredible isn't she what she does is incredible and actually her symposium her advanced symposium had been that year as well actually the 2015 Um, however it is clear that we do not. So we're so we don't. We're not fifty-fifty on boards. If you were to look at the boards of, say, ITV, Channel Four, and BBC, they're predominantly male. I think it's. Um, you know, I do have the numbers somewhere. Do I have them here, right to hand? Um, you know, the the BBC, it's nine men to four women. The RSC, it's ten men to four women. At the National, it's seven men to five women. Yeah. And Channel Four, it's ten men to two women. Yeah. And these are the people who are making sure that these organisations are fulfilling their remit. Yeah. And so if they're going to, you know, there are, there are all sorts of quite general statements about 50-50 organisationally. And there's some sense that they hint about, you know, we need to increase representation on stage and on mm. screen, but there's nothing definite. And I just feel like unless you've got yeah. 50-50 women on those boards, yeah. how are you going to push? Enforcing yeah. Enforcing well. yeah. And, yeah. And actually, just to go back on your point about awareness raising, Mm -hmm. awareness raising is definitely our main point. However, we're planning an event next year. So we've got an event happening in February. Mm -hmm. And uh, what we're wanting to do is um, to celebrate the 100 years of the female vote of women, votes for women. That sounds Mm -hmm. female votes, sounds slightly... Clinical votes for women. Votes for women. And what we want to do is to inv- invite those people who are the gatekeepers, the yeah. influencers, yeah. to come along and to listen to our solutions because we do have solutions, yeah. and to go away and look at their organisations and say, how can I uh, improve the gender balance on the board at board level? Mm-hmm. How can I improve gender balance at, in manager at the management yeah. level, and not just CFOs and COOs? Yeah. We want creative yeah, yeah, directors yeah, yeah. to yeah, yeah. be women. Yeah, of course. Let's have a look at. Um, you know what we're not just commissioning but what we're producing and making sure that we are producing 50% women and we know from our stats that women write more gender balanced Mm. casts so if you do that I mean 
inevitably the 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 the, 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 the solution or the result um, will be more women on screen. Yeah. I mean, there's nuances within that. Specifically, we're very concerned about women over 40. Yeah. You know, statistically, yeah. men between 40 and 59 actually hit their sweet spot. That's yeah. where they're getting the most parts and the most money. Yeah. And actually, you have a, a directly <laughs> proportional slide slide for women. Yeah, yeah I remember when I because I literally. Not that long ago, someone just said to me, uh, um, "Oh, you've got like two years. You'll hit your prime, and then that's it. They'll go. So make mm. sure you make your name now in these next two years." And I remember thinking, "Oh my God, I've got two yeah. years now before the jobs go. Like I feel like I've just yeah, yeah. started." Yeah. I can commit two years to it. <laughs> yeah, true. I mean, like what? What does that mean? Um, but it's a bit like because we did an article in the States, didn't we? Yeah, yeah. yeah. And the, the, well, you did it rather you, brilliantly. But the um, one of the points it was like a top tip, you know, mm-hmm. like a tip, yeah. like. Because we are about solutions, aren't we? Yeah, it's yeah. Not, we're not just highlighting problems. We're mm-hmm. like, actually, this can be done, or this is a way of maybe addressing that. We were talking about like letting the stories write themselves yeah. a bit more. Yeah. Like, because actually, I think commissioning is so... Like, that's what I, I do a lot of my research on, is it? It's just some of the stories, it's like unconscious bias. Mm. You know, this is why we've worked so hard on tone, is that yeah. if a woman objects, she's being difficult, yeah. or yeah. annoying if a man objects, she's being assertive and yeah. dynamic. Yeah. So it's, you know, so yes, we do want to challenge, definitely. Um, but, you know, sadly, we still have to be very mindful mm-hmm. of how that's perceived, mm. and we don't want to be perceived as shrill harpies, yeah. which yeah. is, you know, is going to be some person's interpretation because we're going to be asking them to think in uh, you know to 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 consider things you know an awful lot more than they have been doing you know I feel like we um, our industry we're the second best performing industry in this country Mm -hmm. I believe now entertainment Mm -hmm. uh, which covers everything Mm -hmm. you know so I think it's something like 12% GDP it's Mm. enormous second only to construction yeah you know, it's yeah. expanding, it's huge. Uh, but I feel that it works in a kind of weird hinterland where um, there's, it's all about making money and we use people use very commercial corporate yeah. attitudes towards creating the product. Yeah. But they don't um, conform to what corporations or people in the city do, which is a lot of regulation and monitoring. Yeah. Yeah. There appears to be... To my mind, no regulation or monitoring of the product that we produce. Can I just ask you how you see the people coming into the industry are taking to it as well? Because I think it's really important. Because if that's the that's the future, really, we talk about going forward. Like yeah. that is who is going to be supporting the fifty fifty campaign, the mm-hmm. ERA campaigns. Mm-hmm. Like how how are they taking, or how important is it to the reach out and, and, and engaging that audience? I think I find so. So, friends who, um, would, you know, graduated from schools the same year I graduated from university and whatever, and a lot of them don't. They don't. They aren't involved in the industry anymore at all because they just. It's consistently a consistent battle mm. to try and find something. And just one example of when that was like really like light bulby for me is that I had um, like a supernumerary audition at the RSC. Yeah. They'd maybe called 60 of us. And and I remember at the end of the day, they explained, you know, what was going to happen. And I knew, and then I was then told as one of the potentially 10 yeah. out of the, you know, 10 women that were there, uh, girls, I guess, some of us, and um, that we wouldn't be actually doing that. We'd be holding a moon. 
right. on the spit. We wouldn't get to be any of the soldiers. We we wouldn't be using that. And I just remember thinking, well, I don't want to do it then. Oh, but that's not, again, coming back mm. to the not fair thing. And I think a lot of people who, who don't have that just as a person who can't stand that unjust drop away because they don't want to do that part but they can't understand after they've trained to do all of these other things why they don't get to do what they see their male counterparts doing I did um, a little short the other day there was a girl uh, through NYT which is fantastic everyone should be in NYT Um, and this girl, and she, she's coming to her next meeting. Oh, right, great. Um, <laughs> and she's a young director, and she's doing something at uh, the Rose Theatre. Nice. And uh, she was like, yeah, well, they just took a chance on me, because I'm, like, one of the young girls. And I was like, oh, what do you mean they took a chance on you? Like, yeah. you're a director. They shouldn't... Yeah. So I'm not sure if I answered your question. But no, I think... That, that, no, I think it, but that's fine. Yes, it's the experience of young... I think people. I think people. It's a very, very different experience for a young girl. And if you were a young girl from outside of London, yeah. first of all, trying to break the London bubble is hard. Yeah. And second of all, then trying to then make sure you're in the tent and pretending if you're in the tent or not. Blah blah blah. Like yeah. that is. It's you've got to be. I don't yeah. know. You've got to re- and your mental health. Yeah. All that sort of stuff yeah, then yeah. comes into question about how. Can you keep doing every Strong, day? Can you yeah. keep doing this? Can you be resilient enough? Or what the hell does that mean? Or should you have to be that resilient? Yeah. Do you know what we I mean? Do, so, we do, so in terms of young um, graduates, there is um, a group of really fabulous young women who've, who've just left Lambda and Bristol, Olvik, who formed themselves into, I think they're called Gemma, and they're kind of our little sister um, organisation. Mm-hmm. And they are trying to, you know, create a space for women who've just left drama school yeah. Yeah. Uh, to, you know, to, to meet at. Yeah. And it, it, is, it is about equality and yeah. they are definitely affiliated with us. So, you know, I would say to any young graduate is look on our website, look on their yeah. website, get on Twitter, have a look. Because yeah. there, there are... Oh, there's definitely Groups. people out yeah. there doing things, 100%. So, which brings me to the social media, to, to the message yeah. of getting it out there. Yeah. I mean, you guys are quite active, and you, you get people tweeting about 50-50 mm-hmm. and the ERA's message and things. And let, Let's put it out there. How mm-hmm. can people, by doing what they can do, like embolden and empower mm-hmm. um, equal representation for actresses mm-hmm. and 50-50 campaign? Mm-hmm. Because you help each other mm-hmm. like it, it is the message just it can ge- geometric progression can happen with yeah. the one person speaking to the two people speaking yeah, to yeah. the four people yeah what I mean, can they do and how how can how does that work within your campaign um, so definitely i would say that um so we have a website which is this is a snappy title www.equalrepresentationforactresses.co.uk amazing yep. the word and um <laughs> That's so long. Uh, we couldn't get ERA, that domain site, go on. Yeah, so we yeah, had to have the you. long version. Um, and you can, on there, you can, there's an email info at, and so you mm-hmm. can contact us and you can plug in, you can tell mm-hmm. us who you are and, 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 and how yeah. much you'd like to be involved or whether you, or even just to say, hi, I'm here. I just, mm. I'm an actress and yeah. I, I just want yeah. somebody t- to know I'm here. And, yeah. and, and 
we can plug you in as much or as little as you'd like to. We have, and that is genuine as well because I'm relatively new to the campaign and I literally turned up and you can be as involved and there is no, it's not like one of those where you go, oh God, I've signed up for something and now there's loads of pressure for me yeah. to do something. It's not about that, is it, at all? You know, we try really, really hard to be inclusive and equal yeah. and fair. Yeah, and fair. Yeah. Um, that's, you know, and also because we're women, we're incredibly polite. There's always a cup of tea. <laughs> yeah. And a piece of cake, mm. uh, and um, we uh, yes. Yeah, so you can so you can get involved. We're quite interested because of the what's happened recently with the Harvey Weinstein yeah. revel- revelations, and yeah. also then you know what's going to follow definitely. is mm-hmm. our badges, which are available through our website. Yeah, we'll um, get onto badges in a minute because I yeah. want to. Yeah, but um, we want women to start wearing our badges in rehearsal spaces and in auditions to send out the message that it's not okay. Yeah. yeah. To oppress women, the oppression of women in this industry has 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 been here, you know, since time immemorial, and it's on a spectrum. It starts with exclusion and ignoring at one end, and it goes through bullying, taunting, you know, yeah. and uh, name calling through to sexual assault at the other end. So yeah. there's a huge spectrum. So if you wear our badge, um, uh, what we want to do is to start saying that this badge means that you know you are demanding yeah. respect mm-hmm. and you're demanding that, um, that 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 you're kept safe. Yeah. yeah. So we would we would very much like people to start doing that. Yeah. yeah. Guys, mm-hmm. if you're listening, guys and girls, or guys, yeah. people, yeah. I should say. Um, get yourself a badge because I think it's brilliant I think it's great to show that that rehearsal room was a safe place yeah, or, yeah. Or, or was aware I think yeah. it's yeah, yeah. the awareness of yeah, people yeah. have a badge and you know, we, let us be the brave that using that word yeah. about instead of being that person that, that and that's why it's essential that men do wear it yeah. because yeah. then as women we know that there's a man there yeah. who understands yeah. and we know that you know, I, my experience as a younger actress was that I that I was bullied a lot in rehearsal rooms, yeah. and I didn't feel that I was able to yeah. articulate that. I think if men wear that, it means that we know that you're supporting us, and yeah. if we speak out, you'll stand yeah. behind us. Mm. Yeah, which is what we need. Uh, there's quite a lot of activities that we're engaged yeah. in. Yeah. We did so we've done two newsletters. Okay. We probably need to do another one. Yeah. So the newsletters aren't. I'd say aren't frequent at the moment but you by signing up you become part of our mailing list perfect and for when we have our events next year you'll be on that mailing list but also if you contact us you can start coming to meetings and being part of our team and we need women to be part of our team and so if if you're looking for ambassadors as it were as well like if there anybody that you know any actresses listening to that are visible or whatever you know and, and want to help the cause as well but if just you're looking get for brand in touch and then it, it would be a case of like like literally what do you want to do how <laughs> yeah. do you want yeah. to be involved yeah. as oh yeah because well. we had yeah. at the BAFTAs we did a really successful badge bombing and Olivia yeah. Coleman yes. uh, Phoebe Waller-Bridge yeah. and Jimmy Nesbitt all yeah. stood up with our badges yeah. on Jimmy particularly he was amazing yeah, yeah. yeah Phoebe was great to see her yeah, but like yeah, yeah. I mean she's incredible I yeah mean, <laughs> Well, Olivia's incredible. They're, it's all incredible. I mean, I think what a great trio of people to be shouting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. yeah, yeah. They're, they're, you know, so, so join that band. Okay. Yeah, join it. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. And if you have any questions, 
Polly or Jennifer or mm. anyone at ERA. Uh, so you can do, you um, can Polly, do Polly, Polly at. Oh, you got one. Yeah, oh, brilliant. Oh, yeah, I got my own email now. There Great. Go. Yeah, look at me go. Yeah, Jenny with an IE, guys, yeah. actually. Double N. Double N, IE. And Polly. So Polly at Equal Representation. Great. Tweet, follow, do everything. Tweet us. We love Twitter. Yeah, yeah. So you can get us through Twitter. Yeah. And we do have a Facebook presence and as well. And Instagram, actually. And we have like Instagram, Instagram as well. Yeah, Amazing. we do. Twitter's um, at era underscore 50, 50, or era 50 underscore 50. Right. But you can... You'll find yeah. us. Okay. Yeah, 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 yeah. Guys, thank you so thank much. Thank you. Polly Kemp and Jenny Matthews there from Equal Representation for Actresses. Now, before we wrap up... If you are a theater professional and want to join the network built by theater professionals for theater professionals, I can guarantee you it's the only one out there that's been built like that. Everyone who works here at Curtain Call is a theater professional, and we're very, very, very proud of it. It is a network that grows every day. Then head on over to CurtainCallOnline.com and sign up for a free Curtain Call profile. It is absolutely free. You just need your email address and create a password, and you can create a profile. It's that simple. You can follow us on all the socials, Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. That's at Curtain Call. Uh, all one word, all lowercase. We'd love to hear from you. If you have any suggestions or feedback for the podcast, just get in touch with us via any of the social media platforms I just mentioned or write to me personally at john at curtaincallonline.com. That's John with a date. It leaves me to say a huge thank you to Polly Kemp and Jenny Matthews for their time and insight the National Theater Dorfman Foyer for the perfect place for chocolate and coffee, uh, and um, obviously showing children around, which is all that noise in the background, and to the Equal Representation for Actresses organization. Follow them on Twitter at ERA50 underscore 50, or go to equalrepresentationforactresses.co.uk. I will put links in the show notes. Thanks for listening to this week's episode of the Curtain Call Theater Podcast, and I will catch you all next week. Bye. Hey, it's Leslie Odom Jr. here on the Broadway Podcast Network to tell you about the RISE Theatre Directory, a program of maestro music. RISE is a national online resource designed to connect and empower backstage and administrative and creative theatre professionals from underrepresented backgrounds. If you work or aspire to work in the theater community, this can help you find your next project. And if you hire theater professionals, search the Rise Theater directory to find your next team. Create your profile now and get more information by visiting risetheater.org. That's theater with an R-E-R-I-S-E-T-H-E-A-T-R-E dot org because only together we rise.